Hello, Nevadans. This is the NV Politics Podcast, where we discuss local political hot topics in the state of Nevada to keep you informed on what's going on. We're your hosts. I'm Dominique Labonte. And I'm Tim Hannafin. And we're recording this episode of NV Politics on June 2nd, 2023. So let's get into it. Okay, here is what we are covering today. First off, like I said, it's June 2nd. Our legislative session ends on June 5th. Am I correct in saying that, Tim? Yes. And yes. I, I will say, um, I don't know if this is a trend or not, but there's a certain reporter that in the final days of the legislative session has been putting out daily photos of Calvin and Hobbes comics. Uh-uh. And I hope it's like a yearly thing. And or a session thing, because I love them as a nice little splash in the news feed. But also, I feel for all those people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm sure they're running around like nuts right now. Okay, so today... They're all working hard. Here's what we're covering. We are going to have our rehash segment where uh, we've got a couple of different items that we're going to be revisiting that have come up more recently again. Our main topic is going to be the final House passage deadline that was May 26th. As many people have likely heard, there's been a lot of bills sent to the governor's desk. Some he has signed, some he has not, some he has vetoed. And so we'll get more into that in the main topic. And then we'll jump into our what broke your brain. There is a lot. So today we are likely maybe going to dig deep on just a handful of things, if that, and then kind of gloss over just honorable mentions of bills that um, are, are good to know about and where they stand right now. So let's jump into rehash. Tim? All right. So what did you want to rehash, first of all? So... The things that I wanted to rehash, and mine will be really quick, because I know you have some thoughts, Tim. <laughs> nah. So, <laughs> uh, I literally, I have your name next to a, a particular topic here. So <laughs> uh, the ones I wanted, the first one was that GPS tracker bill uh, that was inspired by Mayor Hillary Sheevy. Uh, with the whole tracking of her car that's, uh, you know, that case is headed up to the Supreme Court. But this bill that would prevent or make it illegal or, you know, unlawful to track somebody's vehicle passed both the Senate and the Assembly. And so they are on their way. What were the vote lines? Do we know? Uh, Apparently it passed unanimously in the Senate. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's good. That's yeah. very good. So that's what the Senate was. I, I don't have the assembly votes, but hey, it's, fair it's to on think its way to the desk. Everyone doesn't want to be tracked. Yeah, I hope I hope Lombardo signs it. We'll find out. The other one was the AB two twenty, which was the big water bill that we spent our entire last episode talking about, past the Senate hurdle as well, and so that should be heading to Lombardo's desk as well, and then. AB 242 was an electronic ballot counting system. And I was kind of curious as to where this was going to land because this was like, okay, do we continue being fully mail ballots? Um, Are we going to go electronic? Hand count only, (laughs) paper ballots. If we don't have hanging chads, (laughs) we're not doing it right, okay? (laughs) Oh, if man, gonna, I haven't heard that be, ter- term in so long, the hanging look, chads. Hey, I'm old, all right? And I'm not, but I am. If if we're going to have the, the second presidential primary, we might as well not just be known for being late on the results. Mm-hmm. We might as well be late because we got hanging chads, okay? <laughs> That's all I'm Seriously. saying. Well, it passed. Good. It passed, and so I'm very excited to hopefully in the future not well, be holding up national election events. Well, no, okay, so a couple things. We have to remember that some of that holdup is how the election law is written, not sure. necessarily other things. And two, does it give the option of using electronic counting or does it make it mandatory? Because that's... So from my understanding... It does not fully get rid of mail ballots. Like, you can use them if you want to. 
not counting by hand, but running the things through a machine. Yeah. And I think the important thing that we need to remember there is that if it's an optional thing, we might still be in the same spot that we found ourselves in 2022, where there were some counties in Nevada that were causing huge problems because they were only hand counting Mm. and they refused to do electronic counting. And the secretary of state had to go in and shut down their count and say, no, you have to stop because you're doing it wrong and you're (laughs) refusing to do it right. And it was this whole big thing. So if it's optional, we might still be there. We have to make sure that if some update to our counting system is implemented, it's done. It would require all ballots to be counted electronically. All right. Good. Good. There it is. No more No more hand counts. But <laughs> no can we still, more. I, 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 can we have hanging chads, though? Can they be? <laughs> what, what's an electronic chad? I don't know. That um, is a great question. <laughs> I want I want my electronic dot between two names, okay? <laughs> I don't I don't know. So this Oakland A Stadium. I don't quite know where to start, but I'll first start I thank my parents for allowing me to sit it on in the back end of this Oakland A's hearing on Memorial Day while we were grilling. <laughs> and uh first I missed the first hour or no, first two hours of the hearing because, you know, I was spending time with my family on Memorial Day, a holiday. Yeah. That that highlights one of the, you know, important themes that existed throughout the public comment of of this hearing, mm-hmm. which was it's very clear that they didn't want public interaction when you host the hearing at 4 p.m. on a holiday. Damn. That's a good point. Like And I'm not just making it now. There were multiple people who called in and made that very same point. Mm. Like the, it's a strategic thing. And, oh, every legislator liked to highlight, well, we're here too. We have to listen to it too. And it's like, well, yes, but if you actually wanted real public comment and real public interaction, when you're only going to have one hearing on it because it was a joint hearing between both houses, so they only had to have one committee hearing. Well only one time where they can hear public comment. If they wanted to actually engage with their constituents, they might have given us more opportunities. Yeah. That was one of the great highlights or themes that happened throughout the hearing. (laughs) Just to kind of go into some other thoughts that, you know, I was able to yell about as I was having it go on in my AirPod. I hopped on (laughs) at 6.30. It started at 4. And I think we ended at 10.20. PM? Yes. What? Yes, this was all, this was a six-hour hearing. There was, I think at the end of it, it came out to be like two, two and a half, maybe even three hours of dissenting public comment to the 90 minutes of uh, Uh. pro comment for the bill. Listening to some of the you know, testimony in support of the bill. A lot of it was based on numbers. A lot of it was how many fans are going to be brought in. Thank God, at least my dad wasn't listening to the hearing, but he was in the room and he was hearing me yell about some things. (laughs) Just to yourself? (laughs) Yeah, just to myself. I don't know sports, but he knows sports. Mm -hmm. And he pointed out that the Oakland A's right now are actually the, not only the worst team in baseball history right now, but in his opinion, they're making themselves so. Damn. A different commenter in the public comments directly related this to Major League without Charlie Sheen. And I'm tending I'm tending to agree with them. Mm. It sounds like it's the Cleveland Indians in a made-up fantasy where their owner wants them to tank so that they can leave and go to another city. Damn. One of the questions that was asked by our legislatures was, well, what happens when we don't come to an agreement? What hap- what happens to the yeah. to the A's? Where do they what do they do? Do they stay mm-hmm. in Oakland? Question. Yeah. And the the answer was we will be pursuing other cities if we do not pers- if we do not come to an agreement with with Las Vegas. It's very clear that they're just trying to skirt and run. Just trying to get out. All the pro commenters like to highlight, "Hey, you seem to have a lot of callers calling in from California, and you, you really shouldn't listen to their opinions because they don't live in Nevada, and they don't know what it's like here. 
All of them calling in from from California were from Oakland, saying it was a bad deal. They got screwed over by the by the uh, the A's when they got moved there, or like they're being screwed over by them. They've well, yeah. been lied to by their owner, and we shouldn't trust them because we're going to be lied to by the owner. Do you know the, if it's been the same owner the in, the entire time they were in Oakland till now? I'm going to refer to my prior comment. I don't know baseball. Okay. With that being said, this I'll is do also some the, Googling. Yeah, do some Googling. This is the same team that's, you know, the Moneyball movie. Yeah. So yeah, they yeah, really yeah. tank themselves knowing that they're the worst baseball team right now, or they have the worst record or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Again, no baseball. Uh, that nice, fancy owner didn't even show up to the legislature until a day or two after this public hearing to lobby our our legislatures. So he didn't even bother showing up to the public hearing to make his voice heard. No one from the ownership staff was even present. A a common quote across all of it was that this was very similar to the Oakland Raiders deal, which as of right now still has not paid any money back to the state. We're so far losing money. We're not getting the tourism numbers that we wanted from the stadium. And another key highlight, you might appreciate this, was they compared the the Las Vegas Raiders to the Las Vegas Knights. No. No, no, no. Here was the no. comparison. No, <laughs> let, hear me out. Hear me out because you, you might agree with this. The comparison right. that they were making was the Oakland Raiders came to Las Vegas, so sought public funding for their stadium because they didn't have faith in the team to be like a winning team, so they needed the communities to support them or something like that. Whereas when you look at the Las Vegas Knights, it was a private owner who came in and paid for his own stadium because he wanted the team to be successful. He didn't want to like bank it on public funding. He didn't want to like try and bank it on a quid pro quo. Well, it's a brand new franchise too. It was not moved from anywhere. It was birthed uh, yeah. in and, Vegas. And but they didn't seek any public funding. That was the key comparison that they were making. Mm. And they're a good from what I, what they was told. You can they're back me up. They're going to this. the Stanley Cup okay, right yeah, now see, as we speak. I, I don't do sports. <laughs> I don't know these things. I do know the hockey, but mostly I know the Golden Knights. Well, hey, you know, that was the comparison that they were making to show that if this deal is like the Oakland Raiders deal, it's probably a bad deal. Yeah. Whereas if it's like the Las Vegas Knights deal, that's the type of deal that we want because that's an owner who has faith in their franchise, who has faith yeah. in their team, who has faith in what they're doing. This shows little to no faith, only that they're trying to get money because, you know, their owner is a billion dollar Whatever. He makes a lot of money. John other... Fisher, he's owned them since 2005. 2005. Wow. Okay. So he's owned them for a while at least. Yeah. Um, it's not good. Uh, no. I just did the math. That's 18 years, and apparently the they're an adult now, and they need to move out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> um, they... Well, but it's not that they're getting kicked out by their parents. It's that... They're rebelliously saying, no, I don't want to be here. I want to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, a sidebar before we dive into, I don't know, just like why I'm fully angry about this or just another full thing of why I'm angry. <laughs> the one person who was speaking in regards for the athletics, or at least the guy that I thought was most in regards for the athletics, is a economic analyzer named Jeremy Aguero. And I don't even care if I got his name wrong because (laughs) this is the guy who works with applied analysis. And the instant I read his name, I knew I read it somewhere else. And I was like, where do I know this name? I know this name from somewhere. And I Google his name. This is the same economics firm that did the analysis on the great innovation zones bill that debunked under Sisolak's last session, where he wanted to essentially give away a private town to a private company in the middle of the desert. Mm, Cool. This was the main economics firm that put all the, hey, this is a great idea. It's going to make all this money Mm. and made up all these... I would like to call them fake numbers, but I'm not an economist, so I don't know. <laughs> they presented a lot of numbers to support this economic plan that no one could substantiate, understand, or back up. Hmm. And he was the one who was offering the economics analysis for the stadium. Okay, cool. Uh, 
So not um, not a great source. <laughs> yeah, not not a not a huge great guy. And the final thing that just kind of killed me about it all, and it was highlighted time and time again, was they're asking for like three hundred and eighty million or something like that in tax abatements and all of these these things that money that that the state won't be getting. And we're asked to just take it. I'm and tired accept- of it. I'm not there yet. <laughs> We're asked to just take it, accept it, because it will be great for our state, and we know that we're asked to being take it and accept it because the hearing was at 4 p.m. on a holiday. So, like, they don't, they don't want us to argue. They just want us to take it. While not but weeks prior, our state that is going through a constant education crisis, yep. and our teachers are saying going through a constant education crisis, and our entire education system is yelling we are in a rainy day and we need more money. Mm-hmm. We're told, no, 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 you don't need the money. And yet the money got put into the rainy day fund. Yeah. By, and they were quoting $300 million. From what I could find at least is that in one of the tax bills that will be going, or one of the bills that will be going through, yeah, the final house passage, one of those bills, SB 503, in that was where they raised this cap. And yes, it did do a ton of stuff for, education but at the end of the day does the rainy day need 300 million dollars or can we use that money now in some better ways across our state to get more kids into schools and at the end of the day this is where i'm like yeah i'm tired of it too because we keep just seeming to give this money away we did it with the raider stadium and we haven't seen any money back from the raider stadium we can see time and time again that the tourist numbers that they're presenting just don't make sense and if they rely simply on oh well we're going to bring in all these tourists the athletics are a losing team and i don't care how many times my dad says it people don't just travel to vegas for vegas and then also go to an athletics game you're going to like if you're yeah. going there for sports like oh cool yeah it's Vegas, but if you're not going there for the sports game, you're not going to just take a trip to Vegas and, oh, yeah, we get to see a sports game. Like, I just, well, I don't... It, listen, something that I've learned about the sportsing, and I say this as a very beginner person of experience with sportsing, is part of the awesome benefits psychologically from supporting a team is pride of them being from your town. And I say that because I have never been a fan of a sports team, but the golden Knights are the sports team that I choose to follow because they are what they call Vegas born. And and, and that raises the key point. That's the key thing. Exactly. I I see more Vegas Knights fans than I do Raiders fans. Because they all live in California. (laughs) Are they coming to Vegas for the game, though? That's the question that I want answered, and I don't know. I don't think they are. If they're not going to the games while they're in California, they're not coming to Vegas to go to the games. And that's the thing. It's it's the Cleveland Indians without Charlie Sheen. I swear to God. Well, not the Cleveland Indians, but I don't know. I think they were the Cleveland Indians in Major League. But, yeah, it's Major League (laughs) in real life. Like, this is... The weirdest thing, and the problem is, is that it's not even like, oh, they're they're trying to get to that point where they can leap. They're already at the point. The crazy lady's already shopping around. Yeah. It's scary. Um, it's bad. But yeah, we're we're just giving money away. It sucks. It's bad. It's not good. Mm-hmm. I listened to the entire back four hours of the hearing. Mm-hmm. Oh, one other thing that I did want to highlight because yeah. this was a good quote that was made. And I don't know exactly what he said, but I definitely felt it was true. The chairwoman, yeah, I mean, she can hide behind, oh, it was getting late into the night all she wanted. (laughs) But she was definitely more critical and more harsh of the dissenting side Mm. than she was of the... uh, Yeah, the proponents of Mm -hmm. the bill. Mm -hmm. There was a lot more of, oh, you can just say me too for the dissenters, and there was a lot more of her talking over them for the dissenters, up until someone was polite enough to point out, hey, you seem to be doing that a lot to us. (laughs) They called her out. Yeah, and rightfully so. It was, 
it just seems again like they've already made up their minds. Yeah. To quote every single dissenter who called in, it seems like you've already made up your mind and you don't care. Like mm-hmm. you're already telling us we have to just give the money to the stadium. We can't use it for education, and you're not here for your constituents. Yeah. That, so I mean, that's what it boils down to. If this passes both both sides, I'm going to hate it. It will. I don't. Th- I don't think it'll be good. Um, and I think that they're going to get, at least from what I heard in public comment, other than some union support, they're not going to get a lot of support. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. I mean, maybe you get support from really, really big sports fans, but who just like the idea of having the team. But I don't know. I like to think that Nevadans who truly want a better Nevada, like, that's not the thing. It's just, it's... it's, uh, Do you know if by chance there is any part in the deal that would funnel income to specific uh, areas of Nevada, like education or investment into affordable housing or health care. I haven't read it that closely, but from what I understand, it doesn't even consider us getting any revenue until like 25 or 26. So, like, they're not even talking, oh, yeah, we're going to get revenue. It's just like, oh, it, well, it's a moot point because, you know. It, if we're just merely depending on the potential of out-of-towners coming to us and bringing us business, right, to our hotels or our resorts. That, and that is what it is. The restaurant industry, whatever. Um, that's not how that's going to work. People are already going to just be on their trip and maybe they'll catch a game. <laughs> That's the thing. But if they're, if they're not going if... to, I mean, because if, if we are, if they are the worst team, no one's coming to watch the, the Oakland A's, right? They're coming to watch their own team destroy the Oakland A's. <laughs> That 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 would that's my take. So I agree with you. Um, I'm over it. I'm over all the sports. Yeah, it just and it it goes into a bigger thing. But like our state has fundamental problems that we know we need to fix and we know we need to address, and yet our money seems to keep going to special interests despite our politicians getting. God, I don't even want to say replaced, but like more or less shuffled around. I almost feel like it's almost just like, okay, everybody. Yeah, we are going to improve education. Hey, look over there. Let's get that sports team. (laughs) You know, it's just like, it's just so, ah, I don't know. What's the word? It's up and down. It's all over the place. It's distracting. So, I mean, from what I can gather of this bill, I think it just takes the the current section of Nevada law that has to do with the the formation of the Las Vegas Stadium Advisory Board or whatever board was created for the NFL stadium and amends it to add the MLB. Wow. Like, just add them. When we already know that the other one was a bad deal. <laughs> cool. All right. Well. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, this is like, and I'll preface it already, but this is kind of, I'm cheap, I'm cheaping out this week. And this is my broke my brain because this <laughs> is where it hurt. Because I'm just like, why are we, why we do this? Yeah. Why we, why we, yeah. Yep. Once my dad pointed out they were the worst team and they have the worst record in the league right now, (laughs) I was very, very much done. Sold. (laughs) Sold on not being sold. (laughs) Yeah. Sold on it being a bad deal and I want out. Yeah. I'm I'm leaving the store. Yeah. The sale ain't worth the price. 
Yeah, I feel that one. All right, shall we get into the main topic? Uh, like we said, there's <laughs> there's a lot here. It's the final House Passage deadline. It passed already. It was May 26th. Shout out and just props to interns, reporters, lobbyists, the staff, like anyone, like even our legislators themselves, like they are, they're burning the candle at both ends oh, yeah. and in the middle. Like they're, they're doing a lot of work. They're there for long times. This goes back to our comment that we always make of, we need this to be longer. They're yes. doing too much with too little, but... We have to remember that they are doing a lot of work. Let's Everything thank they them. Can. Let's yeah. 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 I agree. They're getting with that. it done. They are doing some good work. But Yeah, so this this final house passage deadline on the twenty sixth, it included votes on more than 300 bills from Monday through Friday last week. And this is uh, all pulled from again the wonderful reporting from the Nevada Independent. Uh, an article that they posted on May 25th. So we're going to jam through a few of these. The first one I want to jump through that I found very interesting. We have not talked about this before. It's actually AJR7, which is a proposal to remove constitutional ban on state lotteries advances to 2025 session. So the Senate voted 12 to 8 Friday to pass AJR5, which is a proposed constitutional amendment that would remove a prohibition on state lotteries, a move that sends the amendment to the 2025 legislative session for consideration, like we had talked about previously, Tim, with the um, constitutional amendment we wanted to make for the uh, reproductive care. It has to go through two sessions. Yeah, but I'm, I'm pretty sure we did actually talk about this one before. Really? I don't recall talking about this because... The lottery concept piques my interest. The only reason I do, or maybe we didn't talk about it, but I definitely remember reading about this heavily because I remember mm. the photo of the news article because it was, I don't know if it was the author or one of the main proponents for the bill, which is the owner of a gas station built on the state line. <laughs> of course it is. So yeah. he has one of the busiest gas stations in the area because whenever there's mm -hmm. a big lottery, mm -hmm. his is the only place you can go. So he'll have lines because it's Jeez. like, Oh, on the California side, you can buy this lottery. And I, I remember the photo. Cause I was like, wait, why would this guy be supporting this? And he's like, it would just make business easier. Like I won't have to have employees in California. I wouldn't have to have the business license in California. Mm. I wouldn't have to have the business in California. I mean, he put it there. It's half in California, half in Nevada. His argument, to his point, and to our great Secretary of State, is that everything, despite it being complicated, is still better here for businesses than yeah. it is in California. Totally. He wants to get here. He wants to be able to not have to pay, you know, income tax, blah, blah, blah. His yeah, sure. employees don't have to pay income tax. Like, they're, things are more difficult for him by having it the way that he does. Sure. Yes, he chose to build it there, but that's so that he can... It's just like my great aunt did way back in the day when she saw the fish problem in the city, okay? She came to Reno and she said, who's selling the fish to the casinos? No one was. So guess what she did? She, she decided sold. to sell them fish? But where did she yeah. get the fish from? God, I, I hope not Lake Mead. I don't know. She was like <laughs> importing it from somewhere, but she was like this little old little old lady who just <laughs> like was a, a fish slinger and it was great. Oh my goodness. And yeah. I, I digress. Yeah, yeah. So if it passes again in 2025, it's going to go to the 2026 general election ballot for voter approval. So I will be really interested to see this. Uh, I'll tell you why here in just a second. But here is a, some dissenting opinion. Senator Heidi Sievers Gansert, who's from Reno, from Reno, who voted against the measure, said she believed it would undermine the largest economic driver in our state, referring to the gaming industry, which has strongly opposed the push to establish a state lottery. Okay. Well, yeah, so has literally every other state in the country. How many states have some form of legalized gambling, either through, e legalized gambling, either through online betting or through... Uh, agreements with native reservations and having reservation casinos or even just having some form of lottery keno i like 
I think it's like 33, 35 yeah, some lot. odd states. Like you've got Atlantic City. You've got like that's the thing. Vegas isn't just the place that you go for Vegas anymore. You go for the specific reasons of Vegas. Right. Like, yeah, there's a lot here other than buying a lottery ticket, right? It's an experience. And so uh, why the reason this really stood out to me was because there has been a lot of prior suggestions to adopt a lottery system strictly for the ability to then tax it and use it for education. I believe, I want to say California, a, a large chunk of their lottery system goes right into their education. And so this is just another potential revenue stream to be able to do that. However, I, I think there are too many powerful interests in Nevada that will do what they can to prevent this from happening. So we'll see what happens with the potential lottery. And then another bill is SB 429, which is paid family leave required to qualify for tax abatements. This is a bill that would require companies with at least 50 employees to provide their employee to provide their employees paid family and medical leave in order to qualify for tax abatements. Company policy would have to allow for employees who have been with the business for at least one year to be eligible for at least 12 weeks paid leave at a rate of at least 55% of regular wages. Uh, this should also apply to those who are administering the tax abatements. <coughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Agreed. <laughs> Just saying, you know, the, the whole, they keep showing photos of her with the baby and it's like, yo, go, go girl. You're Nicole. your power mom. <laughs> but like at the same time, holy crap, you should be able to take a break. <laughs> oh no. Well, there's only three days left in the session. I, so, <laughs> And then we go to the special session. But we, we digress. We digress. Okay. All right. State budget. There are a few things here. <laughs> what budget? <laughs> this is going to be really high level. The, the state budget is its own separate thing, although it has to be completed and passed before the end of the legislative session. Yo, we got some money. Yeah. So basically... <laughs> What we're looking at is the leg the legislature, again, is democratically run, which we have explained. It has its own priorities, and the governor has his budget priorities. And so I'm going to just list them off really quickly. I don't have a description of all of these. Tim, you're welcome to jump in, but most of them are pretty self-explanatory. So... The legislature priorities, this is from the Nevada Independent article from May 23rd, if you do want to look it up. One of them is K-12 funding, SB 503, which we have obviously talked about a lot. We want them to get more money. The Appropriations Boo. Act. No rainy day fund. Yeah. No rainy day fund. Sorry. Sorry. The Appropriations Act, AB 520. Vetoed. That was the one that was vetoed. Okay, so we're going to... She was vetoed last night. <laughs> okay, good. So we are going to talk about that one in, more in a second. The state worker pay bill, which is AB 522, which would increase state worker pay. Uh, they need it. It's good. Yeah. Capital improvement program. I Still in the Senate. Dude, okay. I scrolled through this one, and there was a lot of stuff for Vegas. <laughs> like why it says the capital the capital is in carson city well there's a lot to be done there like hundreds of millions of dollars worth apparently in this bill ab 521 there's a lot of money that they're trying to send to vegas for their buildings there as well and then the last legislature priority bill is the authorizations act it's SB 504. It's the Medicaid one. We got some funding for Medicaid. Uh, we have <laughs> COVID relief for the Department of Education. Broadband services expansion from the uh, Governor's Office for Science, Innovation, and Technology. Uh, we've got affordable housing program funding. 
121 million for the cannabis compliance board. Small business stuff. Boo. No, no. Small businesses are good. Good, good. Probably good. 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 Yeah. Uh, Help America Vote Act. It's general, you know, to get everything kind of improved. It's going to be a night good, but. Okay. You know, I, where's where's the hanging chats? Okay, I'm <laughs> I'm gonna real quick rattle off um, the governor's priorities, his bill, and then we'll go back to the Appropriations Act that was vetoed. So, um, his priority bills that he refused to sign and approve the legislature budget that they proposed until his priorities were met are these bills. AB 400, which is K-12 Education Omnibus. We've referenced that several times. SB 431, State Government Administration, that is literally more money to build up. Um, yeah, wasn't just, that one for him to build like or make offices or yes. different departments or chairs? for? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. SB 412, Crime and Public Safety, We've had some issues with this one. AB 330, school discipline, which we have talked about extensively as well. SB 405, election administration. I don't have the details on that one, but I... Paper ballots! No, I don't know. <laughs> no I don't way. know. Yeah, I don't um, actually know. But, you know, he, he definitely has shown his cards recently with vetoing the fake electors bill to um, hold fake electors accountable. So that that will be interesting. So those are his priorities that he demanded be included in the state budget before he signs it for the legislature. So he did, you said last night, Tim, veto yep. the Appropriations Act. AB 520 has been vetoed. Yep. He's been vetoed. It's not good. One of the first key things is this was the largest appropriations bill that our state was going to have to date, uh, appropriating around $7 billion across the general budget. I want to say I read it was a billion dollars up from what it was last year. In some of the bills, some of the things also included was funding for UNR, UNLV, mental health services, Medicaid services in the state, improvements to the Department of Education, amongst other things. This one would be on a assessing and accountability within the Department of Education. So instead of improving the departments, this is kind of to clean them up, if you will. So not okay. front-end stuff that would help the public, back-end stuff that would help the public. Okay. And that was the one that was vetoed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the key cool. thing, the key note that was made by the uh, leadership in the House or in the Assembly in the Senate was that this bill is very strong and signific- has a significant amount of public assistance boost and trying to help, you know, the mm. common people mm-hmm. in the bill. That's mm-hmm. where a lot of the money's going or through some of those systems. And the governor doesn't necessarily want to support that. Uh, one of the key things I read that he's trying to get in this bill or trying to get it pushed through is solidified funding for his opportunity scholarships. I don't think we've talked about those, but Mm -mm. that's just essentially specialized funding for kids that can't afford to go to specialized schools. Like, you know, there's a reason why Bishop Minogue always wins in football up north. Mm -hmm. Them opportunity scholarships. (laughs) Uh, They they just, it's recruiting for high school and it allows high schools to recruit with scholarships. But if you can figure it out, only certain schools can use them. Like, why do we have this rainy day fund in education when we're just throwing all this money in other places and, like, we can't even get that fund out? It's just like, I... Right now, they're still in negotiations for all the state budget. Is that correct, Tim? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so they're still working through that. They have only a couple of days. But in the meantime, as a fun little... a fun little thing to do here, I'm going to rattle off very quickly, rapid fire all of the bills that Lombardo has vetoed so far. Well, I can't say all anymore because when I wrote this, he had vetoed five. Since then, he's vetoed more. So here are a few well, bills but that... Before we, even, <laughs> yeah. before we even go into this, here's something that's really important to know about the vetoes. We talk about vetoes very loosely as if they're a presidential veto. 
a presidential veto can come back up whenever Congress really like there, there are some rules, of course, but they have a lot more leniency on when they can revisit that veto. Mm-hmm. We got three days. Yeah. So not only are they still trying to rehash, you know, AB 521 in the Senate, so they're still trying to work out the details of that funding bill. So there's one funding bill in the air, Mm -hmm. but now they have to also work through the details of a whole nother funding bill Yeah, because it was just vetoed that they'd work through. So we have three-fifths of our state budget done, and now they're Mm -hmm. still having to rehash one-fifth, either presenting a whole new bill or trying to undo his veto which it was passed along party lines, which is a key thing to note, meaning that undoing the veto is going to be... Not happening. Not necessarily not happening, but it's going to be hard. Yeah. Because they would need to flip one senator. Yeah, one Republican. Yeah, one Republican. It's going to be difficult, not impossible, but I don't know. Yeah. But they have to do that in, you know, three or four days' time, on top of all the bills that they still haven't seen yet, on top of this stadium bill that we're supposed to see, on top of the tax credit bill that's now being fought over by, you know, Mr. Jeremy Renner and Mark Wahlberg because they want the money going up here and down there. Like, each of them wants money, ironically enough. Hey, more rich people want money. Who would have (laughs) thought? Yeah. Outside of the Appropriations Act that we just talked about that has been vetoed, here are five other bills that have been vetoed. So the three gun bills that we already mentioned last week, and then AB 223, it was a bill that proposes modifying medical debt collection laws and requiring creditors to issue debtors payoff letters detailing exactly how much debt is owed. Apparently, um, we don't think that that's important. So that was vetoed. And then AB 265, which was mental health provisions. It's a bill that proposes creating a statewide mental health consortium, a body that would connect similar regional groups and have the ability to file one bill request per legislative session. And so Lombardo vetoed this, criticizing an unfunded mandate from the bill, the lack of a new fiscal note this year, despite a $200,000 fiscal note on a similar measure from 2021 (laughs) as a layer of unnecessary bureaucracy. So those are just a couple of bills that have been vetoed so far. Like we've already said, we've got three days left. And I will say this, I'll wrap up this section and Tim, then you can throw out your final thoughts. I was surprised at his passing of SB 131, the bill protecting out-of-state abortion seekers codifying after Sisolak's executive order. Grateful for that one. That one was also very much a surprise for me. Um, I think it's a political move. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that he was advised probably by the assembly caucus that he can flip a couple more seats. Yeah. If you want to get if reelected, sir, you should pass this it's bill. L- I think it's less about re- his reelection. I think it's more about their reelection in mm. 24. Okay, sure. When you look at, especially a lot of, I don't even know what photo this was on or what bill this was for, but there was a photo that was put out recently of him signing a bill and it showed all the senators smiling and supporting him behind it or all, all the senators and assembly people right. behind him and supporting it. And they went through and someone went and like put a green check on everyone who actually passed to vote to pass the bill. Mm-hmm. And it was like five or six checks in a group of 30. Like pretty much every Republican had shown up. If say you have a governor who's like, yeah, we, we are party voted to solidify women's rights in our state. <laughs> they can send that message across their voter base in 24, yep. yeah. regardless of how thick their teeth are mm-hmm. and how much lies they're sending through them teeth. Cause they're whistling, but you know, it, it's there. I can see that strategy already. That's, that's going to be a very strong thing in 24. It'll help him in 26 oh, yeah. also, but yeah, yeah. It's a huge push for them in 24 because they can now all say, well, hey. They know they need it. Yeah. It just hasn't we su- gone well for the <laughs> the prior elections that have fought against it. All right. Broke my brain? Uh, I mean, this whole bat- baseball thing in the stadium and I just... Uh, 
for me, it's it, for me, it's really the comment that I just it keeps coming back, and I keep now almost reading it in news articles because that's why I brought up the film industry tax credit that we're bringing up. But our state just seems to be taking money from where we desperately need it, and we yeah. keep telling our legislatures we desperately need the money here, and we keep taking it from those areas and putting it in other areas that are going to bring us revenue. Tim is holding up very aggressive air quotes. It's not, we haven't seen it yet. We keep putting all the staves off. And by the time their tax credits stop coming in and it start costing their owners more, they're either going to sell their team or hop field and go back to Oakland or go to LA or go to, I don't know, Utah, if they'll take them. Like they'll, they'll go somewhere else. It, I just don't understand why we keep spending this money. We're trying to bring the film industry to the state and it's like why they can stay in california they just don't like the laws like we don't yeah. need them here like god that's yeah. that's that's what i got sorry yeah. no, i'm just tired okay. of it all <laughs> i'm tired too okay <laughs> of it all <laughs> so my broke my brain is just on all this debt ceiling madness i don't have all my notes and my research that I normally bring out for this because if anybody has listened or read or watched any news within the last, I don't know, month, they have heard about this. And so what I do have to say is that the debt ceiling is absolutely ridiculous. It's an arbitrary number that is thrown out there to say we shouldn't spend this much money. It can always be changed. It's been changed, I think, 80 times without any issue. And the fact that it is being politicized now. um, It's not just politicized. It's being weaponized. It's being weaponized. It's being Um, weaponized. And it's really only happened twice now. And both times it came from the Republicans. More than twice. <laughs> yeah. And More than twice. It's unnecessary to put our economy at risk like that. I, I think it is just so absolutely irresponsible of it, our political leaders. It to, shows how desperate they are. Yep. Truthfully so. Because let's, mm-hmm. let's, they think, about, let's think about why they are holding the budget hostage because at the end of the day, the butt ceiling, the debt ceiling, not the butt ceiling, the debt ceiling is not a, a it's not just a, it's not an the imaginary budget. Ca- yeah, it's not just an imaginary <laughs> cap, but it's essentially at the end of the day, it, no, it's, it's just that it's a budget that the government has set for itself. And it says, Hey, I have budget goals I need to meet because I've been a bad boy and I need to meet these goals. And, uh, this is this is this is my this is my sheet. This is the gonna what I, I'm gonna meet these goals, and um, oh god, I'm not gonna meet these goals. I need to up this number. Um, I'm not yeah. gonna meet it again. I really need to up it. And like, I, hey, you're a government, so you can do that. But they're they're using it in a way to get things like, no, no, no. We want you know more freedoms for guns, or we want you know more money in. X person's dollar, like they're using it in the worst possible mm-hmm. way because if we don't up our budget, we're not going to be able to pay our credit card debt. We're not going to be able to pay for our lights. We're not going to be able to pay for our water. And I think using this analogy is probably the best way to do it, even though I just thought of it, because at the end of the day, it is. It's a budget that the government has set for itself and it needs to be able to pay its rent. It's electrical man. It's trash man. It's water. It's it's got to pay everyone, and it's coming to the end of the month, and it's realizing, well, crap, I don't got the money, and late raising that number, unlike every one of us who has to take out another credit card and just makes our debt actually worse, <laughs> they get to just add another zero. Yeah, like they can't. That that's it. That's why it doesn't matter. <laughs> And, and like we've already said, most of the debt that we have, 90% of it is from past administration. So it's, it just is what it is. We've made our commitments. We have obligations. 
we're gonna pay it. That we are always going to change the limit so that we could pay it. Just stop politicizing it. So that's where I'm at. I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's politicizing as much as it is actually weaponizing. Yeah. It because uh, they're yeah, using right. it as a tool to get what they want at the detriment of their constituents and at the detriment of the, the American people. Yeah, the American public, not the American people, because the American people includes that greedy one percent. No, it's the public. <laughs> it's not that. It's not the elitist. So, before we go on the outro, I kind of want to just. We go out on a good note or on a happy note because it's been a little bit of a stressful episode. And quite (laughs) frankly, I've had an absolutely horrible day. Uh But reflecting back on it, you know, it was the people in the day that at least helped make it better Mm -hmm. and make it nice. So I think we should all just at least do some reflection on like, hey, the world around us is really sucking, but let's find some like nice and goodness in the world. Mm -hmm. That's really my outro. Come back next week. We'll have some more fun. We'll do some more stuff. God, I don't know what we'll talk about. It's late. There's always um, something. Well, we'll actually be in special session by next week. So Ooh. we'll get to talk about that. <laughs> we joke, of course. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Hopefully, they'll at least get to take a week vacation before special session. Yeah. But knowing that we had one bill get vetoed tonight and another one still in the Senate, we're probably going to be going to special session over the budget and whatever the, whatever else the governor wants to talk about. It will be fun. Come back next week. We'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about some other things. Mm-hmm. We'll try and be a little bit more interesting with the broke the brain, but <laughs> it's just been, it's been a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Hey, we'll try and we'll try and have some fun. Listen to us on Apple music, Spotify. Uh, it's not rate, like, or subscribe. It's um, no, well subscribe, we of course, but things. it's, yeah. oh, I didn't know you can't do all those. Plus the, the review, the review is the important one. Yeah. Always do the review. What's our email? Hello at nvpoliticspodcast.com. Write us in. We'll see you next week. Same place, different time, same, same, I don't know, however you listen to it, but have fun. (laughs) Bye. Bye.